This morning, I want us to look uh, from Acts chapter 17 uh, to look and see uh, see how God is saving his people and the kind of hearts that needed that, that, that's needed to respond to that message uh, that Paul's proclaiming and many ministers have been proclaiming uh, throughout the years. Now you may remember that Jesus told a parable uh, that's the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4. Uh, and when he explained this parable in verse 14, he says, the sower sows the word. So as Jesus explains this parable and tells this parable, it's about proclaiming God's word, scattering that seed, proclaiming the scriptures, proclaiming the gospel, and the many responses to that gospel. Um, so as we, as we look at it, we see that the parable is about considering if our life is guided by God's word, because if you look, all the struggles that uh, uh, the soil had from the thorns, the rocks, the sun, everything was because of the word. So we have to consider if we're receiving that message, we're receiving the word. Uh, are we? Uh, how are we responsive to it? Uh, are we willing to accept it? Are we willing to accept the consequences of it? Uh, we're going to discuss most of that during the Bible class and into our worship service about how we live our lives. Is it worthy of what we've received from the gospel? Uh, so we have here, we see that Paul and his companions, they're going to various cities proclaiming the message of God. They're calling uh, people to be guided by the word of God. Just as Jesus said in that parable, you know, once that word is presented... How do individuals respond to it? So let's look at uh, Acts chapter 17 and let's see some things that, that we can gain from it. It says, Now when they had passed through uh, Amphibius and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went to them and for three Sabbaths reasoned uh, with them from the Scriptures explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had uh, suffered, uh, that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead and saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and a great multitude of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. But the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, uh, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering, gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar and attacked uh, the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These whom have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason had harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying, There is another king, Jesus. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. Now what I want us to see this morning is see what Paul does. For three Sabbaths, here Paul enters the synagogues in the town, and he reasoned with them... Uh, from the scriptures, explaining and proving what was necessary uh, 
for Christ, that it was necessary for Christ to suffer and be risen from the dead. And, and I think it's important what Paul was doing. Paul was reasoning with them from the Scriptures. So what he was doing was proclaiming the Scriptures. This is the same thing that he told Timothy to be sure to do. Remember in 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, beginning at verse 1, he said, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, preach the word, be ready in season, out of season. He said, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. They will turn their ears away from the truth, be turned aside to fables. But notice what he tells him. You be watchful in all things, endure affliction, do the work of evangelists, fulfill your ministry. You know, I think it's really important for us to see, especially in our time and, and in our culture, the things that we see going on around us, um, I think it's important that we see Paul didn't preach himself to them there in Acts chapter 17 when he went into Thessalonica. He, he didn't preach his ideas. He didn't preach a, an emotional touching story. He didn't tell jokes. Uh, he didn't preach what everyone wanted to hear. Um, he didn't talk about the politics of the day. He didn't talk about all these ideas. There's a lot of things that he could have just got up and started talking about, especially what we see different preachers today getting up and talking about and what people, when they say that they're talking about uh, religion or talking about scriptures, they go into a lot of other things. Paul didn't do that. Paul reasoned with them from the scriptures. That's what he went to. That's what he stayed to. We need to reason the scriptures. It's especially important because there are so many people who think that they know the scriptures, but they really don't. You know, I mean, think about it. Individuals that we talk to who, who say that they're religious or who say that they follow God, and you start talking to them about things in the Bible, and you find out that they really don't know the scriptures. What they know is what somebody told them. What they know is what they thought the scripture says. What they know is what they thought when they looked out in society and seen what society said about morals or what society said about families or how, how to live our lives. And, and they see that and say, well, well, that must be coming from scripture. They didn't actually look at or study the scripture. They looked at what other people said about God. They heard what other people had to say about the scriptures. But again, no... There's a lot that hadn't seen it for themselves. So we need to tell people what God says. I, I mean, think about it. When, when we think about where faith comes from, if we want someone to have faith, if we want ourselves to have faith, there is only one place that that comes from, isn't it? Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by hearing. Hearing what? The Word of God. It, it doesn't come from anywhere else. It doesn't come from... Um, how we feel, it doesn't come from what somebody else says, it doesn't come what we think God says, it actually comes from the scripture. So when the Bible says that, that Paul went into the synagogues and he reasoned with them from the scriptures, that's exactly what he did. He knew that's what they needed to hear. Remember when he was walking through the city and he, and he seen all of these idols and all of these things uh, to all these gods and they had one to the inscription to who? Remember? The unknown God. 
What, what Paul realized in seeing that they uh, had in this city as he, as, as he went through these cities, what he realized was individuals have a, a knowledge of a God. They have a knowledge of what other people have told them. They have a knowledge of, of a sense of religion. But they really didn't have a knowledge of the scriptures. And I think that's why we see so much trouble today. I think that's why sometimes we have trouble when it comes to in the church itself. When we stray away from the scriptures because we don't know the scriptures, because we don't reason in the scriptures, we're not going to be able to follow what God says to do. We're not going to be able to fulfill the plan that he has for us. So we need to make sure that that's what we're doing, that we're reasoning from the scriptures. Now, so that's what Paul did. He told people, what God said from the scriptures. Now notice the response. Look in verse 4. It says, And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women, joined Paul and Silas. So here was some responses that he had. <coughs> Excuse me. He had, some of the Jews were persuaded, but even though Paul was in the synagogue, notice who else responded. He was able to persuade a great number of Greeks, which wouldn't normally happen within the synagogues, and he was uh, able to persuade uh, uh, some prominent women. When I got to reading this, I got to thinking about India. And, you know, when they build a church building and, and they take up money for the building, and take up money for the baptistry, take up money for the PA system, it always astonished me that the PA system didn't go on the inside. It, it, it was for the outside, so people in and the villages would hear it. So not only were you proclaiming the scriptures within the building, the whole village was hearing it, whether they wanted to or not. And why? So they could be persuaded by it. That that's the individuals that you need to reach. So Paul here, while he was reasoning in the scriptures, he had individuals that responded. He had some Jews, some prominent Jews that, that responded, which you would expect. But he also had some Greeks, and he also had some prominent women. He also had individuals who you didn't think would respond. But what were they responding to? Some, some lecture from Paul? Some story that he told? Some joke that he told? No, they, they responded to the Scriptures. They responded to that authority. They responded to that power that comes from the Scriptures. And that's what Paul uh, held dear. Now... Notice in verse 5, though, it says, But the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace, and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. So a mob was formed and, and put the city into an uproar over what they were declaring. They attacked the household of Christians and dragged them before the authorities. Now look at verses 6 and 7. It says, But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brethren uh, to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Jason has harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar. Now notice, saying there is another king, Jesus. Now, the attackers are trying to get these Christians in trouble with the Roman government. You, you, you can tell that by the way that they frame the charges against them. But it's important to see what they said was true. I mean, think about it. 
They were acting against the decrees of Caesar. How were they doing that? How were they acting against the decrees of Caesar? What were they saying? There's another king. There is a king. There's another king. In other words, they're going against Caesar. So were, were they doing what they said they were doing? Yeah, they were doing that. They were doing that from Scripture. They were proclaiming Jesus as king, proclaiming his authority. Uh, Titus had a lesson on this the last time he spoke about uh, we live under a monarchy, about how Jesus is the ultimate king. That's the one that we serve. That's what they were getting from Scripture. That's what they were uh, uh, teaching. And, and so these, these, these Jews, they were framing this accusation in a way that would get the Roman government excited against them uh, to make sure that they were going to pay for what they were saying. Well, why were they so upset? All Paul was doing was reasoning from the scriptures, the scriptures that they should know, the scriptures that they have studied, the scriptures that they should have been living by. I like how it says that Paul does this. You know, Paul even talked about himself of not being an eloquent speaker. But notice when, when Paul speaks, what does he speak? He speaks God's word. He speaks the message. Wherever it may lie, what, however people respond to it, if they're upset if they respond, or if they respond favorably to it, either way it's to the scriptures that they're responding to, not to Paul himself. As I was studying this, I was thinking one time I had someone at the funeral home a family that come in that uh, wanted me to uh, uh, preach their, their funeral service. And it's at this particular uh, denomination church is where they were holding the funeral. And they said, we're going to have a lot of family there. We're going to have a lot of friends there that believe a certain way, but we want you to preach the gospel at this funeral. And I said, okay. I said, uh, uh they said there's a lot of people that's going to be there that's going to need to hear it. So I, I'm thinking this whole time, the funeral is going to be in a couple of days. And I was thinking this whole time, okay, how can I do this? You know, that's not the place to make people mad. That's not the place to do a lot of things. But I want to do what this family asked to do. And so I need to preach from the scriptures uh, what they wanted me to do. So as I kept thinking about it, I thought, this ain't going to go well. We're in this, going to be in this denominational building. It's going to be filled with denominational people. And this is what they're wanting me to proclaim. So I, I decided what I'm going to do is just read and quote scripture. I'm not going to give my opinions. I'm not going to say a whole lot of other things. I'm just going to go through scripture. So if they get mad, they're going to get mad at scripture. They're not going to get mad at me. So as I did that, that's what I did. I went through the plan of salvation. I went through things, how we live our life, how this particular individual lived their life based on Scripture, and I just read Scripture, Scripture, Scripture. And I did have some afterwards come up and took issue with it. And as they were arguing, the only defense that I had and the only thing that I said, I said, you're not upset with me. You're upset with Scripture. All I did was quote Scripture. I said, here's my exact words that I said. Is this in the Bible or not? They said, well, yeah, but I said, it doesn't matter. You're not mad at me. You're mad at Scripture. So you need to take it up with God. Don't take it up with me. I said, all I did was quote what Scripture, and that's how we should live. So that's how I, I decided I was going to approach that, which that's how we should approach it all anyway. 
But I got to thinking about that. That's what Paul did here. He was in a situation to where there were going to be a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions, a lot of uh, some responses that weren't going to be favorable to what he was saying. But he, when he was reasoning with them, he wasn't arguing. He, he, that, that's not what he was doing. He, he wasn't just bouncing off opinions. He said he was reasoning with them from the Scriptures. And when you reason from the Scriptures, there's going to be response to that. It can either be favorably or it can be negatively. Sometimes it's negatively from people you think it shouldn't be, and it can be favorable from people you think it shouldn't be. And that's, I think, what Paul was doing here. You take uh, uh, the, the different messages that, uh, how, how people receive it when you go back to uh, uh, Jesus talking about the parable of the sower. You think about when the gospel is preached, you have two instances in the Bible that says individuals were cut to their heart. They were cut to the heart when, when Peter proclaimed his message. Remember what they did? Some 3,000 people responded to the gospel. But remember when Stephen was being stoned and the things he said, it says they were cut to their heart. And what did they do? They got so mad they started stoning him, gnashed their teeth and run after and killed him. So it, both, both times they were cut to the heart. Both times they responded. They responded to the gospel message, but it was a different response. So where is our responsibility in that? You know, sometimes we think, well, I, I, want some, I want to have a favorable response for what I say. And we do. We want people to like us. We want people to like the things that we say. We, we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. We, you know, want to do the best. But we have to reason from the Scriptures. And whatever that response is, is what that response is. That's on the receiver, not on the one delivering the message. You know, that's why the sower went out and sold the seed and he got different responses because it's it's how different people receive the word but all the problems the the the, the thorns the thickets every the sun everything that choked out the word it was all because of the word that's what we have to realize they wouldn't have had any problems if it wasn't for the word they wouldn't have had any problems if there wasn't any seed to have a problem with so it's it's okay we receive it what are we going to do with it well, that's up to us. But us as Christians, we also have a responsibility when we're sowing that seed, when we're proclaiming that, make sure it's the Word of God that we're sowing. Make sure it's the Scriptures that, that, we are, uh, uh, that people are able to receive and obey. Now, uh, look now starting in verse 10. Uh, we see him, him going a little different here. It says, then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scripture daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks, and prominent women also, uh, as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was preached by Paul and Berea, uh, they came there also, stirred up the crowds. They immediately, um, brethren, sent Paul away to go to the sea. Both Silas and Timothy remained there. So those who conducted Paul uh, brought him to Athens. And receiving a command by Silas and Timothy to come to him with all speed, they departed. Now, here the next paragraph wants us to see uh, the importance of our dependence upon God's word above, above all else. Paul and Silas go 
Now to the next city, Berea. And the Jews in Berea here, they're, they're contrasted with the Jews in Thessalonica. The ones in Berea are described as having a, a more noble character uh, than those in Thessalonica. Now, <coughs> there's, there's a couple characteristics we can see for them in Berea, I think, that made them different. Let's look at verse 11. It says, These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scripture daily to find out whether these things were so. Now, we've seen what the authority of the scriptures are and how Paul reasoned in the synagogues with, with scripture. And Paul is reasoning from the scripture and proving Jesus from the scriptures. And, and these Bereans have, I think they have the same understanding uh, as Paul does. Uh, when it comes to the authority of the Scripture, the power of the Scripture. Um, and the reason is, they first received the Word with readiness. Some translation says, uh, with eagerness. They were ready to receive the Word. Uh, they wanted to hear the Word. I, I think this is important for us to reflect on. And I think we need to ask ourselves, do we want to be in the Word? If you go back to the parable of the sower, are these soils here, they experienced trouble because of the word. They, they, they were in the word, they had the word, and they experienced trouble with it. So what we have to ask ourselves, do we think we're willing to do the same thing? Are we willing to be in the word and take all the things that, that come with that? Uh, I think sometimes we're not. I, I think sometimes we're not willing or, or don't want to, to to spend time in the Word. Um, that a lot of times we don't want to. We, we've got a lot of things that go on that, that keep us busy. Uh, we've got a lot of things that, that happen in our lives, and, and sometimes we just think we don't have time for it. Well, if we don't take care of that Word and spend time with that Word, it's going to overtake. It, it's like a garden. If, if we don't spend time... In that garden, the weeds are going to take over. If we don't work that garden, the weeds are going to take over. But that takes effort. It takes work. There's a lot that, that we do to, to make sure the seed that we planted produces what we want it to produce. It takes time. It takes energy. Are we willing to spend the time? Are we willing to spend the energy? I think the Brian brethren here, I think they were willing to do that. They received the word with readiness. They, they wanted to receive the word. They respected its power. They respected its authority. Because if we don't spend time in the word, if we don't want to spend time in the word, then the word's not going to mean much to us. Um, and it's not going to have much of an effect on us. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me give you an example of this. Look uh, in Isaiah 28, beginning at verse 9. It says, Who, Whom will... He teach knowledge. Whom will he make to understand the message? Those just weaned from milk? Those just drawn from the breast? For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here little, there little. Do you understand what's, what's happening here? The, these rulers and these leaders in Ephraim, they're mocking Isaiah and they're saying, here he's coming to us with this. 
and they're in their debauchery and all the things that they're doing. They don't, they don't think much about what he's saying. They don't respect what he's saying. And they said, here he comes. All he's talking about is precept on precept, line upon line, blah, 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 blah. That's what the Word of God become to them. It's just rule, 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 law, 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 and that's all he's saying. He said, what are you coming to us? Are you coming to us like little children trying to teach us the ABCs? Are, are you coming to us like someone just, uh, baby just winged off milk? He said, all you're coming to us with just law, 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 you know, precept, precept. And, and that's what Isaiah was doing. He was coming to them with scripture. He was coming to them with what God's word was saying. He was coming to them with the simplicity of it. And all it was to them was just blah, 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 blah. Well, is that what God's word is to us? Is that a, if we don't desire it, if, if we don't want to spend time in it, if we don't want to put forth the effort to it, that's all it's going to be to us. Just a book of, of laws and rules and precepts and just blah, 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 blah. I mean, think about it. When you hear anybody talking about studying the Bible or reading the Bible, um, and there is a difference in that. You know, uh, there's a big difference in that. The Bible doesn't say read to show yourself approved. It says to study to show yourself approved. Um, and, and we've got to understand the difference of it. But when you're studying it, it's hard. It's hard for me. It's hard to know where do you start? Where, where do you go with? And you always say, well, if I can just get past the begats. Uh, the begats is just blah, 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 blah. Well, it's in there for a reason. We need to know lineage. We need to know this. But that's what it becomes to us. We can't get past the begats. You know, we can't get past the, just the laws of Exodus or Leviticus. That's all we, we become. Jeff, do you have? Uh, I think there's another word that <coughs> is lost is uh, reading takes work, and everybody <coughs> understands that. But studying takes commitment. Mm -hmm. You've got to study sometimes when you really don't even want to. And it's got to come from whatever, whatever it is, whether it's the Bible or uh, athletes. The athletes that Oh yeah, yeah. It's and, and there is a difference, you know. I, I'm I, I'll be the first to admit I'm not a big reader. Uh, you know, I try to okay, we, you know, set aside some time reading. I'll read so much before I go to bed. Well, I get about two sentences in, and I'm snoring. You know, I it, it just knocks me out quick. Now I can watch three episodes of Andy Griffith before I go to sleep, but I start reading and it gets you know I just I just nod off. I don't realize what I'm reading. I don't you know it, I, I don't process it. So all of our brains work different. We all learn differently. We all learn uh, how, how to process the information that we get. But it takes, as Jeff said, it takes commitment from us. You know, uh, it, it's like when uh, I used to tell the teenage boys when we'd, we'd talk and study about, you know, getting a lesson up and things. And they say, well, show, show me yours. And I'd bring in some of my notes. And they're like, how in the world do you even preach for that? How do you even... I don't know how to do it, but I, I'm not an outline person. I don't, you know, put things in perfect outlines. I didn't do very well in English class. My grammar, my commas, that's why I don't put a lot of stuff in print. I just, you know, if it wasn't for spell check and, and I think actually things I type up now, it actually shows where to put the commas at now. So I don't even have to think much about anything anymore. 
But I, my brain just doesn't think like that. So I, I, I have to look at certain things. I have to uh, write it down, and I'll write in the margin over here, talk about this, or go to this scripture and find out this scripture. You know, but we all learn differently. But the thing is, we need to learn it. We need to be committed to how we do it and, and committed to how what's it going to take for it to register here. That's why it said Paul was reasoning with them with the scriptures. He didn't say he taught the scriptures and moved on. He was reasoning with them because it, it, it takes time to process it. It takes time to respond to it. It takes time to, to think about how it, that affects you. And the scriptures really affect you. You know, we, we, we have to really look at our lives. So when you look at the, the Bree and brethren here, you see that they did it with eagerness. They were ready to do it. That means they were committed to what the scriptures say. And here's how we know that, because look at the second characteristic that they have, is they ex examine the scriptures daily to see if what Paul was telling them was so. That's a very important part, and that means you're committed. Okay, they're hearing what Paul is saying. They're hearing what he's reasoning with them from the scriptures. They have respect for the scriptures. They have respect for the authority of the scriptures, the power of the scriptures, because they were ready to receive it. They were the soul that was ready to receive that seed. But what did they do? They searched to make sure what Paul was saying is true. They weren't going to chance it. They weren't going to say, well, just because Paul said it. You know, that's something I never really got before. You know, I'll, and I wonder what Paul thought about this. I mean, think about who Paul was. He, he was an apostle. He was a pretty prominent individual. He was someone then, and he's speaking to them. They're like, yeah, I know who you are, but we're not taking your word for it. We're going to search, see, make sure what you're saying is true. And, and I think that says something about them. I think Paul would have respected that because they're, they're, they're not just taken just because Paul said it as fact. They're going to search to see what he's saying is the message because it's not about Paul. That's why when we get the parable of the sower, it doesn't have a name on it, does it? Who was the sower? What was his name? It just says the sower went out and sold the seed. When Jesus described the parable, then he told us what the seed was. He told us what the soil represented. He didn't tell us who the sower was because the sower was irrelevant. The message, the scriptures, the power, the authority of what they were, that's what's important. So these Bereans, they didn't just take his word for it. Now think about this today. A, a, a preacher can stand up and say something and the crowd will just believe it because that person said it. If these Bereans didn't do that with Paul, why do people do that with people today? I'm not an apostle. Are you? When I stand up and speak, I'm not an apostle and say, don't you realize who I am? You take my word for it. But we do that. Because this person went to a particular school, this person uh, uh, is a prominent preacher, this person is, is, is whatever, you know, we put them in the big leagues, as it were. Just because it's this person, we don't question anything that they say. Now, does it mean that that person may lead us astray intentionally? Some may. But you can still make a mistake. You can still, we, we shouldn't trust what anybody says when it comes to salvation, when it comes to the gospel. Because my faith is based on the gospel. So what we hear should be the gospel, and I should check to make sure it's the gospel that I'm hearing, not what somebody says it is. You know, what, uh, 
why would we, you know, I've never understood that. I, I, I've always watched, you know, uh, we don't have cable. We just, we do streaming. So I've not watched something like this in a long time, but used to late at night, you know, you'd see these TV preachers that would come on or whatever, and they'd get up and they'd show the crowd and they'd be thousands of people there and, and, and they're listening to this individual. But how many do you actually see that's got a Bible open and, and looking and seeing what they're saying is true? They're taking what they say because they've got pretty teeth, their hair's combed good, and they're smooth talkers. Why, why would we trust something so important as our salvation to what somebody says or what we hear somebody say uh, just because we think that individual is some prominent person? I don't think you can get much prom more prominent than Paul when it comes to, to following the scriptures, and he's teaching this, he's reasoning from the scriptures, and they're saying, wait a minute, what did you say there? Let me check make sure this is true because I want to go to the source. And, and that's what, and I, I think that's some wonderful characteristics. They didn't elevate the teaching based on who Paul was, and they didn't elevate it based on how they felt how they thought the scriptures were going to make them feel about themselves. Well, I'll accept this as long as it makes me feel good about myself. I'll accept this as long as this is in line with, with how I'm living my life already. Why do you think, in Thessalonica, why do you think certain of these other Jews got upset with what Paul was saying? What makes somebody receive it gladly and somebody be opposed to it. The message is the same. So what, why is the response different? It's the person's attitude that receives it. If I'm not wanting to change, if, if my heart is hard, <coughs> excuse me, and I get cut to the heart, how, how am I going to respond to that cut? Am I letting it in? Or does it just seem like a wound to me and I'm going to lash out? So Paul is, is, is reasoning with the scriptures, and as he's moving through these cities, he's getting these different responses uh, to the same seed, just like the parable of the sower. Paul is going out, he's sowing this seed, but he's getting different responses based on the people that are receiving it. So what we have to ask ourselves, what are some applications we can make uh, for us? What is the scripture trying to get us to see? And I think that can be different for each of us. Because based on our own experiences, based on what we're going through, based on our commitment level, there, there's a lot of things, a lot of factors based on whether we're ready to receive that word or not. Are we eager to? Are we willing? You know, the Bible talks about counting the cost. Uh, are we willing to put forth the effort? Are we willing to put forth the commitment to be able to be in that word, be committed to that word, receive that word, and do everything that's necessary to take care of that word? As we're going to get in and talk about in our, our worship service, continue to walk worthy of the gospel. That takes effort to do. That takes commitment to do. But we have to see the power. We have to see the authority. We have to see the, the truthfulness of the gospel because that's where our faith comes from. You know, we, we always say that our faith hinges on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
Well, where does that come from? That's the gospel, isn't it? That, that's the scriptures. That, that's what the scriptures teach. That's not what somebody else just says. So we have to ask ourselves how are we going to receive that. The whole section is about the authority and the power of the scriptures as we see here in Acts chapter 17. And all of these things in this text could teach us uh, so we can see how, I mean, we have to ask ourselves. You know, we look out at, at our society and we, we, we can talk about politics. We can talk about how society is. We can talk about how it is to live in this world. We, we can talk about all of these things, but what is the root cause of it? Instead of talking about how things are out in the world, why don't we talk about what's going to get us to the next? What's the reason these things are like this? We can discuss it all day long on our politics, on our ideas of how things are, but it's really about the scriptures. So when we get into settings like this, when we are trying to encourage each other and build each other up and worship God, it should be about scripture, shouldn't it? That's what we should be presenting to the world. Maybe the world's like it is because when we're presenting that message, when we're supposed to be presenting that light to the uh, dark world, maybe that light's not as bright as it should be because we've watered it down a whole lot. We're not staying <clears throat> just with Scripture. Now, this means we need to know the Scriptures ourselves. We need to consider um, how we're living our lives, examine our lives, and ask ourselves, do, do we desire it? We can't. Uh, somebody was asking me one time about a, a, a little, uh, about doing a little devotional. And they were saying, I've, I've got to make a little talk in uh, about five minutes, and I, I need a subject. And uh, they, they were telling me some subjects that they were thinking about. And I said, well, before you do this, the first thing you need to ask do you believe what you're saying? Is what you're saying true from the scripture? You know, I, I was talking to one of the young men about speaking uh, the other night. Um, we were talking about different things. And uh, I said, you know, one thing that I always try to think of, there's a whole lot of people who does a whole lot better job, I know. But one thing I always try to think of when I'm speaking is, one, what, what am I trying to say from the scriptures? First and foremost, is it coming from the scriptures? Don't, don't necessarily worry about some mistakes that you've made. Sometimes I, we can get nervous on, I don't read this exactly right, or I you know, don't do this. You know, I, I can remember in uh, at Bible college, Thomas E's, first time I did a lesson in class, he had a whole list of everything that I did wrong. I put my hands in my pocket. I paced too much. I, I did this. I, I, and so I tried to do it without doing any of that. I couldn't hardly say anything. You know, I, I think you ought to present it in a way to where you're not distracting to the very best of your ability. And I think there are some things, things you can do that are uh, distracting. But first and foremost, you, you've got to make sure what you're wanting to present to the audience. Because if, if you don't believe it wholeheartedly yourself, you can't convince somebody else. How, how can you convince somebody else of something you don't truly believe yourself? So make sure you've studied it, you're committed to it. It's scripture that you're doing what you can to do that, and then portray that to the people that's listening to you. And make sure you take yourself out of it. It's not about you. It's about the message. 
I, I can remember John told some of the young men one time, like we were talking, and uh, uh, he said, let me give you the, a piece of advice about preaching. He said, when you start, and he said, you're out there at the door, people shaking your hand, telling you how great you are. He said, don't believe it, you're nothing. You're not great. He said, don't believe anything they're telling you. And I thought, boy, that's going to be encouraging to them. And he said, what I mean by that, it's not about you. Because when people start telling you that so much and you start believing it's about you, he said, it's one thing for people to tell you doing a good job. People need to encourage you and want to encourage you. But it's not about you because when it comes about you, when it comes to teaching and preaching, and it doesn't become about the scriptures and God's word, then you've lost it. It doesn't mean anything anymore. And I tell you, that's true. I took that to heart myself. You know, and I've learned that lesson a few times myself too. I got thinking I was the greatest thing ever since sliced bread, and I got knocked down in a hurry because of it. Because it wasn't about the scriptures anymore. Paul, Paul had a pedigree that he could have shined on, but he said, I count all that as lost. He said, what I want you to know is Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, I want you to know the gospel. I want you to know the scriptures because that's all that it's truly about. So I hope when we think about it, when we think about either presenting the scriptures to the word, to the world, or we are receiving the scripture from someone what is our attitude toward it? Do we have respect uh, for the scriptures? Do we have respect for its authority? Any final thoughts or comments?